Hello and welcome to the Complaint Desk. Drop your complaints in the bin on your way out. We're just two worship pastors discussing all things worship and church leadership. I'm Danny, I'm here with Doug, and we're here to help you navigate the life and ministry of a worship pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump right in. Sir, how are you today? Hey, what's going on? Oh man, same stuff, different day. <laughs> How's the weather up there? Man, it's, it's actually been really nice. Uh, cool, low humidity. It's it's very odd for this time of year for us. But uh, I know how it is down there. I don't even have to ask. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> hot and humid. <laughs> it, it's a bit. It's a bit hot. It, it was a little cooler today than a couple of days. We're, we're starting to get into that stretch where it's it's super humid, super hot. Um, my wife's at the pool right now with, with nice. the boys. So <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the last day or two man we had that storm come through that uh, tropical storm come through and all that blew by man and the, yeah. yesterday and today man it's been great but uh anyway uh as always not about the weather although we nope. tend to like to talk about the weather a lot but uh man i, I glad uh, glad to have you today thanks for for jumping in and i gotta tell you man i i kind of know what you're dealing with with vacation and everything now because as i'm <laughs> I'm preparing to be uh, away from the office next week. It's just, I tell you what, man, walking in the door, nose of the grindstone, it just doesn't stop. Yeah, you got to prepare so much ahead. So you got to do everything you normally do, and you got to do the next following week and any other things that you're ready for when you got to get back. You got to be ready to go. Yeah, and the way this is going to work out for us, it's, I'm, I really have to be, I have to have, I got to be ready for this week. Uh, I got to be prepped for the next Sunday because I'm out. So yeah. I've already got all that together for them and everything else. But then I also need to be mostly ready for the following week because you got to jump right in as soon as you come back, yep. right? Yep. So it's really it's more than just being prepared a week ahead. You really have to be at least two, and then of course, then you know you come back and you got five billion emails to answer, right? <laughs> well, do yourself a favor. Don't read the emails, but. Clear all the junk and the and the non important ones out on vacation. Just use your phone, slide those away. Because I I didn't do that a lot, and I came home and I literally had a thousand emails in my email box. I'm no, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm gonna do everything I can to not touch it. Look yeah. at it while I'm while I'm away. Yep. You know, you <laughs> don't call me. I'm gonna turn my junk <laughs> off. Don't call me. <laughs> Nah, man, you know, you know, I can't turn my phone off. No, I won't call you. Well, I'm a, I want to share a little bit this uh, today from uh, Matthew 5. Um, I've been, uh, the way this reading plan works, I started in Luke, I believe, because it rolled straight, straight into Acts. Um, but at this point, I've read through all the epistles and everything, most of the epistles. Mm. And uh, it jumped back to Matthew. But uh, I want to read a little bit of the Sermon on the Mount here, Matthew 5. But the, the passage I particularly want to read is uh, the end of Matthew 5, starting in verse 43. Um, it says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and all the good, and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. 
For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Uh, just a couple things in here. Um, one, I mean, a big thing is uh, right in the middle of that. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. That's what that that's a theological concept called common grace, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, where everybody benefits from God being in control because he does send rain on those who don't deserve it, uh, sends good on the to the way of those who don't deserve it. So, you know, it's... It's interesting. That's just a, a, a confirmation, I guess, of that that theological idea of of common grace, yeah. that everybody benefits from God being God and being a good God. But you know, the one thing I wanted to at least mention in here is, you know, in the middle of our culture right now, you can't uh, you can't even disagree with me, right, without me labeling that yeah. hate speech or whatever you know mm-hmm. we've talked about this before you know how that how that all works cancel culture and all that stuff mm-hmm. but right here in god's word it says you've heard it said you shall love your neighbor hate your enemy but i say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you i mean that's so hard to do in the middle of culture right now right but i think ultimately uh that's what's going to make the difference for us because you know that's going to be what's different that's going to be what's different about the Christian is it doesn't matter that you disagree with me. It doesn't matter that you believe differently than I do. I love you because you're made in my good day in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And I will pray for you and I will do everything I can to, to be here to help you and support you, you know, within reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, I, I just, that struck me this week as I was thinking about that because right now the world's idea is, you disagree with me, see you, and yeah. no, nothing for you. I mean, that's <laughs> in Instagram well, world, right? I mean, it's let's, let's put those it. people out of your mind that are put put them away from you who are, <laughs> yeah. What, you know how it all goes on Instagram, man. But let's admit though that it's it's not just the world. It's um, the the church has picked up that oh, little yeah. bit of worldliness where if I don't like the pastor, I'll cancel my membership. I move to another church. If I don't like the music. I'll cancel my membership. Withhold my tithe. Withhold my tithes. Mm-hmm. And it's a dangerous spot to be in. So we can't just, you know, I, I love this verse, though, that you were, you were talking about, because even the tax collectors, if you love somebody and you treat them right, it's almost like God saying, you don't get a gold star for doing what you're supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> do the extra thing. You don't That's get a participation you, trophy. Yeah, you don't get a participation trophy for loving the easy ones, loving the ones you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you're supposed to be if you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Right. Love the hard ones, and that's what you'll be rewarded for. You know, yeah. that's good. That's good. Well, so for me, uh, first let's blah blah. <laughs> so, sometimes the worst is when it happens on Sunday morning, right? Oh gosh, you're trying to read a scripture and it just won't come out. Or your voice is so your your throat is so dry it comes out as, as spittle. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I know. Don't sit in front row. First so Thessalonians, First Thessalonians Sorry. five, and I'm reading now the ESV, um, a well known passage. Uh, Paul Paul's so cool with this stuff because he always gives these these snippets of practical advice at the end of letters yep. and you know end of chapters are different end of thoughts. You know yep. what what he does. So he says this. He says we ask you. Brothers, meaning fellow Christians, to respect those who labor among you uh, and are over you in the Lord, 
and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And I think that's the final thought with those verses he gave. And he goes on to say this, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, which translated as uh, undisciplined. Mm-hmm. So admonish the undisciplined, not beat them over the head. <laughs> admonish them, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good one another uh, to and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Good gracious, that's hard. <laughs> for this is this is a suggestion from God, right? No, it yeah. says this is the will yep. of God in Christ Jesus for you. And it goes on to a bunch of other things that, that we should be doing there. But it kind of ties to what you were saying. Whether we're working in fellow labor with someone or someone is over us in the faith, at respect, honor, be patient, uh, showing love. Uh, mm-hmm. Always, and, I, and I've always been told this way, always look for the good of the other person. Mm-hmm. You want the other person to prosper. You don't want them to fail. So don't needle, don't divisiveness, don't be talking behind their back, don't be doing those things because that doesn't help them, doesn't help me as a leader, doesn't help you as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch tied in there, but but God just kind of talked to me that this week about my mindset in helping others that are around me in the faith and really caring for them and really looking for their best. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good word. I mean, especially, you know, that's coming right after the day of the Lord section there where he says, yeah. you, you don't know, you don't know when this is happening. Mm-hmm. The day of the Lord is in the return. You, you don't know when this is happening. So, you know, you need to be ready. Um, and, and look at verse 27. Uh, I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. Mm-hmm. Don't make any mistake about it. He wants that obeyed. Yep. You know, and I, and I think God speaking through his pen wants that obeyed in yeah. us. Since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, mm-hmm. the hope of salvation. God is not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether mm-hmm. we are awake or sleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another, build one another up just as you were doing. Great word, man. I mean, that's, I love, I love those passages like that, man. I mean, it yeah. just, Practical meat that we can hang on to, and yeah, it, it's so much in church life that there's just like the real world, I guess, real quote unquote air quotes for the people who are listening. Air bunnies, uh, yeah, air bunnies. Um, the, just like the real world or the world out there, outside of the church, um, you know, this is how we're to set ourselves apart, not by. Yeah laying out the law and those who don't follow it, beat them over the head with it. You know, we're to show love. That's how we're to be set apart. Well, scripture even tells us that's how the, that's how they will know you're my disciples because you love yeah. one another. Yeah. Good gracious. We, we are known by many other things sometimes. And that's just what spoke to me this week. So I don't, I don't want to say anybody out there, me, this is what God's saying to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, especially Southern Baptists. I mean, we are known. I mean, you know how it's always yeah. been said. We're known more for what we're against than what we're about. Because we're against more than we are about. <laughs> In a lot of ways, that's that's true. <laughs> I agree with that. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's just it's such a good word. You know, and, and it's hard. 
it's hard in this culture, especially just to, to put some of the differences aside as really in a lot of ways, society has just gone off the rails, you know, mm-hmm. and things are becoming identity that are not identity. Things are becoming in society's eyes, completely true that, (laughs) I mean, you can't get any farther from the truth than what society calls true sometimes, right? And if we're not, if we're not teaching our children, I have two boys, you have two boys. If we're not teaching our children the right way to do it, according to first Thessalonians five, Mm -hmm. and we teach them by our actions to be ugly, to be mad, to Mm -hmm. talk behind people's back, to Mm -hmm. tear down people, they're going to grow up and do much of the same yep. in a world that's yeah. going to be worse than what we have it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, that's, mm. I think that's the hardest part of all this parenting business, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah good gracious. Because they watch, they see. They see everything. They, they hear everything uh, except the things that you want them to hear. I, I, I saw a video this week, and, and I don't even know the topic of it, but it was Ed Young. Ed Young was talking about um, being a pastor is like living in a fish aquarium. Yeah. Because everything you do, even yeah. your business, even your private business, everybody can see. Yeah. Your your people watching all around you, yep. you know. Well, you know, growing up as a uh, preacher's kid, I mean, that's oh, it's definitely true. I mean, and, and it's weird because let's, if my dad was a doctor, <laughs> would you expect me to be able to do surgery on you? I'd be scared for you to do surgery on me. You should be. You should be. I'd be scared for me to do surgery on you. <laughs> but but it's funny because as a pe- as a preacher's kid, yeah, it's like they they expect yeah they you expect to, your kids to have the maturity that you have or your wife has. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, unfairly. and it's it's just funny how that works. It's like you wouldn't expect if my dad was a carpenter, you don't expect me to walk out and build you a house. Mm-hmm. You know, but because he was a pastor, I'm supposed to be perfect. And it's like when you show up to every meal because you're the pastor, you got you're the one that prays. Yeah, because nobody else can pray. Only the pray, yeah, only yeah. the pastor can yeah, pray. Only the pastor can do it. <laughs> like we're afraid to pray in front of the pastor. That's right. It's funny, but it's it really is funny how all that works out. But but you're right. <laughs> um, that that's a good word too because it is a lot like being in the fishbowl. In the fishbowl. Yep. Yeah, and I don't even know what Ed Young was talking about. When he said that, it just blew my mind, and I went off thinking about that for a long time. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of do live in, live in a fishbowl. But but this, it's, it's going to be the same for anybody who's in a worship ministry context, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, your family's going to be looked at the exact same way. Yeah. You know, well, every think th- about this. If you're on the praise team or you play in the band or – you may not think that's a leadership position. I tell my band this all the time. Just because you're in that drum cage or just because you're playing a guitar, people look at you as a leader to represent the church's worship. That instrument so, or that microphone does not shield you from leadership, does it? Nope. Nope. You may not be ready for it, but it's implied in, in, in a way. In well, a way. and, you know, there are a lot of people, this debate goes on and on. Do you have non-Christians on your worship team? Yeah. I, I would not. It would not be in my, right. just because of how I view that position. Right. To me, that is a position of church leadership, you know, and yeah. it's one that people see is very public. Not only does everybody in your church see it, but now in the middle of COVID, anybody in the world can see that, right? Because everything's on Facebook or YouTube or 
Oh, yeah. Pick one now. We're videoing everything. Everything's out there. And everything's so hypercritical. Even church people are hypercritical over everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a much criticized thing. So I, I think, you know, those are leadership positions. And, and in some ways, for better or for worse, your worship musicians, they're going to be the same way. They're going to live mm-hmm. their life in a lot of ways in a fishbowl. Um, so I, I, I say that just because, you know, you talked about, pastors don't if you're listening to this and you're you're leading a worship team or you're on a worship team you're in the same boat with us yeah. you're going to get viewed the same way so that, that's a good word and it's very true i've seen it my whole life um i had a situation one time not not to belabor the point but i had, had a situation one time where there was a pretty obvious clear talented person wonderful singer mm-hmm. tremendous voice mm-hmm. was not saved came to our church, part of our church. I mm-hmm. uh, wasn't a member necessarily, but I don't think membership necessarily discludes you, but salvation in that instance, if you're leading yeah. God's people in worship, I think it does disqualify you. But yeah. this, you know, people were after me all the time. You, you need to put this person on there. This is part of this First Thessalonians 5. Be, be supportive of your leaders because they may know something you don't know, Yeah, you know, and, and it would be wrong to yep. put someone on the stage like that to, to do that. So. Well, let's get into our topic for the day. Um, we're we're going to kind of, I know the last couple of weeks we've talked a lot about Southern Baptist Convention. We've kind of gotten in the weeds a little bit with all that. We're going to set that aside today. And we're Thank gonna, the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get back to our um, kind of original purpose here. We're going to talk a little bit today about now that a lot of the COVID restrictions are starting to die down, how do we get these things restarted? You know, whether we were... Whether we had a full-on, wide-open contemporary service or wide-open orchestra, choir, the whole shebang, you know, let's look at some practical things that we can do to get to get these things restarted. Um, I can talk a little bit about some things that we're doing, particularly with choirs, orchestras, things like that. Um, it's some considerations as you do think about getting back into those things uh, that you do need to plan for, you need to be aware of and all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. So let's kind of, let's, let's jump right in and let's, let's start talking about, okay, COVID is not gone, but as the vaccine has become more widely available, people are taking it. People are able to participate now safely or at least Mm -hmm. much more safely than they were. You know, you're not as worried about somebody ended up in the hospital yeah. Now what? So slight preface. Let's preface some things here with this. And and I'm a I'm reading more and more as I as longer I've been in ministry, I've been in ministry for twenty years and I'm reading more and more leadership stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of the the more talented and, and I would say conservative leaders in our groups uh have warned us. One I'm thinking of Kerry Newhall. Kerry Newhall's a mm-hmm. uh, kind of a leadership guru if there is such a thing. Yep. And he warns, as others do, that the church you're coming back to is not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. You, you may have lost 20% of your, your membership, 30, 35, some cases 50. I've heard people talk about half of their church is gone and is not returning. For whatever those reasons are, let's just jump into from that standpoint that you may have to be doing things in a different way. You may have to yep. learn from others more. You may yep. have to ask for help 
more uh, stepping into this. You may have to do things differently than you did before. For instance, an example, we have more online viewership now. And for a church, Kerry Newhall says, for a church that goes back and tries to go completely back to the old way of doing things and ignoring their, they lose all that online presence that they built during that time that could be used. And I'm not saying, and I'm not into the argument here of is online church or not, you know, and can you functionally do online? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there are positive elements and, and negative elements, but let's accept the preface here with that, that for many, many, many churches coming back is, is different and -hmm. it will be different. And you need to start accepting that it's going to be different, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Pastors, leaders, we need to understand that we're dealing with people on a different level. So jump in. Well, whether you like it or not, the new normal is a thing, right? I mean, we get sick of hearing that, but it's true. Yeah. Right. And, and I will see this as well, you know, now coming out of COVID, this is as good a time as any to make changes that you oh, yeah. felt for a long time that you needed to make, right? You this, have an opportunity now in a good, healthy way, communicating all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You have a good opportunity now to do those things. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not telling, please hear me, I'm not telling you to cancel your choir. I'm not telling you to no, do all no, those yeah, things. No, 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 no. But, but honestly, you may be have, open to the conversation. You may have been in a position before COVID where you were, where you were considering those things. Yeah. Because maybe your group's dwindling down. It's just not, it's not functioning like it should have. You're not, you know, you, sometimes you try to grow it and for whatever reason it just doesn't happen, right? But now may be the time to do that. But you need make sure that that's the case. I mean, you need to be praying about that. You need to be talking right. with your pastors, talking with, you know, folks in leadership and, and really feel those things out before you decide just to pull the plug. But now may be the time for some of those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've made a couple, and I'll, I'll talk about them as we as we kind of dig into this a little bit more. But uh, let's start out with, from a band perspective, uh, a worship band. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say, really, for our group especially, the way things were set up here when I came in, the band never really quit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys were doing now. Y'all don't y'all never quit, did you? Did you even take a week um, off? We had we had some players that you know took some couple weeks off because we were right. shut down for a while. Okay. Um everybody jokes about Florida all the time. Well, you guys never shut down. Yeah. We did. <laughs> what our church specifically, and we had a lot of conversation about this, we respected what our local leadership in as far as government yeah. system in our city it was telling us yeah. and wanted us to do. Um, our governor was was real good about trying to leave things as open as he could, mm-hmm. but there was a period where a lot of us were shut down. Yeah. So it would just be me and a, an acoustic guitar player singing to a microphone in an empty sanctuary. You know, we did that several times, and we would move right. those locations and do some other things. Yeah. But yeah, but largely though, your band has, for yeah. the most part, outside of a few weeks off, right? They've continued, right? I'm I'm a taskmaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. Well, you know, well, what, we did take an opportunity, and we can talk about this. We did take an opportunity to to learn some new music and to throw, throw some things yeah. in. Yeah, you know, mix things up. This might be the time for you to, if you're a in a full band, two guitars, bass, drums, everything, do some acoustic services. You know, if, if you can size it that way. 
from from a band perspective though i mean really it's i mean your guitar players they're going to keep playing guitar whether you're having mm -hmm. church or not probably right they're still going to play something so as far as you know calluses the 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 biggest issue would be if you didn't have singers for a long time and we'll, we'll dig into this a little bit with the choir but if you didn't have singers for a long time, if those folks had not continued to sing somehow, you know, in the shower, in the car, whatever. Um, Keeping the chops is basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. Band was rusty. We did get a little rusty with things. And um, of course you and I both use Ableton. So that, you know, Ableton tracks. So we do you know, click and key. That's your taskmaster right there. Yes, it is. Um, do not when do I was it. on vacation. When I was on vacation, they didn't have the Ableton. Well, we didn't have the Ableton set up, so they used it, and they all told me they missed it when I got back. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, that's funny. So, from a band perspective, probably not a lot going there. I mean, that's probably outside of your singers. I mean, that's a fairly safe kind of yeah. kind of thing that you you likely kept going. But but let's talk about a big one here, though, is choir. Mm. So I've just gotten back into the groove with my choir here. We've been going, I don't know, four weeks, six weeks, something like that. Right. And, you know, one of the biggest things I found is you talk about chops, vocal chops. It's a thing, yep. right? It is and I have, an, I have an older choir here um, in general. There, it's just an older group. And I tell you, it's been particularly hard on some of them to not sing. The choir was off for about 15 months, 16 months, something wow. along those lines. Yeah. You know, from, from when they shut down, it was like everybody that first week or so in March, second week in March. I don't – you know, it hit us all at the same time. Whatever mm -hmm. that time frame was, I mean, they've only been going, like I said, about a month-ish now, mid-May. We got started back. So, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a good long time since a lot of them have sang. Yeah, and it's been hard. Choir, yeah, for choir, you're always thinking about that, about – you're, you're always thinking about people's chops and being able to, to not just sing. It's, it's more than just singing, carry pitches effectively, a lot of breath control, mm -hmm. a lot of that kind of stuff. They haven't been doing it in a year, in yeah. a year and a half in some cases. So that might be the practical thing you could do is choose simpler songs. Don't go get the Tom Fetke arrangement, that, <laughs> you know, jacks your way up. Bradley in the, Knight. The Bradley Knight. I was just thinking about him. <laughs> Don't go get those arrangements and try to pull all that out. Just maybe, because everybody wants to get back for choir, right? Yep. And they want to do it. So maybe just try to curb the excitement and explain and communicate well. This is why we're starting out a little simple. So I know? will tell you, though, you know, in that vein, after that first rehearsal, they were kind of okay that they were shorter rehearsals. They were a little yeah. frustrated with me that I told them, I said, these will be some shorter rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And some of them were kind of frustrated that, well, I don't want to come out for a short rehearsal. After the first one, they were okay with the short rehearsal. Because mm -hmm. they hadn't sung it so long. I mean, it was hard. And you could hear it in their voices. They were getting tired. They were kind mm -hmm. of wearing out as the rehearsal went along. And it didn't sound good. <laughs> I mean, was, you know, Although, sometimes it doesn't sound good. Though I will say, it sounded better than I thought, yeah. than I expected. Um mm -hmm. They, they sounded better than I expected when they first jumped back in. So, of course, I had been on them. I said, look, you need to be singing. Yeah. I don't care what you sing, but you need to sing something. And you need to sing regularly just to kind of get this going again. And we're getting to the point now where now a rehearsal, I can kind of drive the rehearsal and keep it moving, and we're, we're okay. But it's taken a month and a half of rehearsals to, to get back to that point. And even still, by the end of rehearsal, they're, they're ready to be done. Yeah. You know? So – 
but one of the things you said I want to key in on is is right. Um, if you are directing a choir, um, pick up some of the ready to sing books or some oh, yeah. of the uh, Lifeway calls it Let's Sing. I think is their yeah, their like deal. Three parts, yeah. They're four part, but they're easier songs. They they tend to not have really super long held out notes. The harmonies are not as difficult. Um, some of the melodies are still key. challenging. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's some of that's even there too, but it's, they're easier, easier pieces. Mm-hmm. It gives you something that you can get ready fairly quickly and do it. It kind of starts to build that confidence back, right? Mm-hmm. Because here's the other thing that, um, that I've run into that I did not anticipate. I, I had not thought about this. As a choir director, you want your songs, you, you got to keep those rolling, right? Mm-hmm. So as you perform one, that song kind of c- falls off, if you will. You got to have something behind it to take its place. Generally, I want to be, I need to be planned at least a month out. So you got, are you doing anthems every Sunday? Most Sundays, yeah. There's so occasion that we're not. At least you're you're four or five songs ahead all the time. Generally, so yes, I want to be five in the loop. Yeah. I want to be at least four songs ahead. Yeah. So one of the things I was talking with a guy who plays organ for me. One of the things I had not anticipated was essentially starting what, other than having people, I'm starting a choir from scratch. Mm. Building that repertoire up, I was not prepared for that. Yeah. But I learned real quickly, and this well, is something that I've to never defend you. To defend you, it's it's you don't know what you're going to have when you go back. Yeah, in many cases. So how do you prepare complexity of music or less complexity, not knowing what talent and skills you're going to see? Have, I so. transitioned to a new ministry in the middle of COVID yeah. too, so I had yeah. no clue. I had yeah. no clue. Um, all I knew was people kept telling me they wanted to sing, and if I had not started a choir, they were going to hang me from the steeple or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So because Jesus has a choir, yeah, but but it's all. I mean, I wanted to get them singing. That's that's a yeah. ministry area it for them. Good. But so you good. know, I wanted to get them involved, but I also didn't want to put them at risk. So right. now that you know the vaccine is pretty widely available, you know, folks are getting it, and they're telling me they're getting it. I feel much better about this. So, but be prepared for that. You need to come up with some easier pieces some things that you can do with a couple rehearsals that you don't need to spend, you know, a bulk of your rehearsal on one piece. Because keep in mind, you're trying to build a repertoire in the middle of developing their singing voices again, right? Because you've got to redevelop that, and somehow you've got to get a whole bunch of songs ready all at once. Right. So... And I don't don't currently have a choir. We, um, We had stopped choir, I think I had... Uh, my first two years here, uh, we had a choir when I came in around mm-hmm. 13, mm-hmm. around 13 people, yeah. kind of dwindled down to about eight. So we had made the decision to not have choir before mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and people ask me now and then, well, I, we would love to have a choir. And I'm like, I would too. I'd love to have a choir of 100 people, you know, oh, yeah. but I want quality. I don't want, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like if I'm, I'm putting 10 singers through the ringer to try to get a, you know, substantive, uh, choir, then, then I'm doing harm to that's their That's not voices. fun for them. Yeah. No, it's not fun for them. I mean, if you have so 10 or 12 I, elite singers, that's one thing. Yeah, and what I had kind of thought about, like what I would do during this time if I, if I still had a choir, I think I might would bring bring choir back as part of 
a kind of a worship choir, worship mm-hmm. team mentality. Mm-hmm. Actually practice with them, with the band, doing the music, you know, you know, maybe the praise team does the the verses and the choir comes in on the choruses, mm-hmm. help them sing some more, build up the chops, start mm-hmm. doing some parts and things like that. And you can do it just slowly that way. You did it a different way, same thing, but just getting people back into it uh, kind of helps. Well, I think so, that that really is going to depend on your context too and what you want yeah. your context yeah, to yeah. look like as you come out of it, right? So in your situation, you certainly could do it that way. Yeah. But here, you know, I've got two services that are very distinct, very different. Um, and so it's that's not an option for me. Yeah, that that's that church that service, your traditional service. It's expected to have an anthem, you know, yeah. pretty much every time, or or some kind of a, a ensemble. But if you're in a context where you can drop them in behind a worship team, mm. that's a great spot for them. Use yeah. them, start them out once a month, build yeah, them up if you need to. For those of of you, and I know I know your thoughts moving forward of what you kind of like to do. That could be an option to bridge together two services. That's know? true. Having having both of those together, uh, yeah. Depending being, on what your church looks like coming out of COVID, I mean, whether right. your numbers are down and you you may be looking at do we go to one service? Mm-hmm. You know, it may be that you try to put a blended type of situation together, yeah, um, or multi generation, whatever you want to call it. At this point in the game, you know that might be a, a good solution for you to to have your worship team and your choir develop yeah. them that way. Sing a couple of anthems a month, but. You know, let them let them sing with the worship team. Let them be your, yep. let them be worship leaders, just like everybody else, right? Yep, and it, and it it works out really great. One of the things I miss about not having a choir, not that this is part of what we're supposed to talk about today, but I I miss the the teaching that group, yeah, you know that group mentality. I miss teaching music and musicmanship and uh, things like that. Yeah, but we can do it on a praise team level and an individual singer level, but having that choir there, I miss that. Miss yeah, that a lot. So along with that choir, one of the things that I'm starting here, they had at one point, but it's been apparently quite a while, uh, I'm looking at reviving, um, is the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about what that can be here. What I've heard, there are a lot of musicians in the church that play. Um, some played in some pretty high-profile college situations, right? Wow. So um, we have those folks here, so I'm looking at utilizing them or putting them putting them in, let them be a part of our service that way. Um, but you've got the exact same situation, right? Many of them, let's just take my son, for example, he's going to play, he's going to play with me, but band stuff that he did during COVID at school. I mean, he had instruments he was supposed to play, but I guarantee he didn't play two or three minutes a day. He did exactly what he had to do. And then he put it down. Yeah, that's and, what my son did. He played the saxophone uh, this past year for beginner band. And, yeah, it was just pretty much. He was supposed to practice 10 minutes a day, and he had to put it on a video and send it by yep, video. And yep. He would practice just enough to get. Just get it done get and get the grade, yeah. right? Because I have yeah. to. Yeah, because I have to. That's, that's a bad dad on my part. But still, though, well, look, man, I mean, he's got to do it for the grade. I, yeah. He's not. Whatever, I don't think that makes you a bad dad by any means. But for a lot of them, you've got the same situation that you have with the choir, yeah. right, where you have – you've maybe not played. And I'm picking up some folks that haven't played in 20 years maybe. 
Mm. I've got a couple folks I've talked to who haven't who haven't taken the horn out of the closet since high school. It That's may good be if even you've got that talent there though in the church. It's good if that you've you've got that. I don't I don't know our church is a little bit different in makeup. I don't know that I have that like orchestra talent yeah. necessarily. So well, we're going to see what happens. We're going to get cranked mm. up probably, what are we talking, three weeks? Yeah, I think, I think it's three weeks. So um, we'll, we'll have that group going. I'm looking forward to getting them going. But it's going to be the same thing with them. Um, a couple of them, in fact, have told me, hey, I picked up my horn and I played for about five minutes and that was all I could play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, that's hilarious to me. I mean, because, you know, you think it's just like playing guitar. I played a couple of weeks ago for the first time in forever. Man, I thought my fingers were going to fall off for a week. It's going to be the same yeah. thing with those guys, right? And so probably what we're going to do is we'll put them in for, you know, we'll put them in maybe every other week, maybe once a month to start with. I don't know. We're going to have to see what we've got. But, um, you know, to make it where they're not, they won't play every week to start. They're mm-hmm. not going to be ready to play every week when we start. No. We'll have a number of rehearsals to kind of work on some balance, listening, just getting used to reading, getting used to sight reading, because that's the one thing with an orchestra you need to be ready to do. It's not quite as bad with the choir, although I do that with my choir. They probably hate me for it. I'll make them sight well, read. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I've, I, and I've everywhere, every church I've ever been, I've had, I've had a choir except for uh, where I'm at currently. And we have a, like I say, a different kind of makeup in our church, but um, it, it is funny thinking about those, those kinds of things, just having that, I don't know, having that ability, having the chops, um, being, being at it all the time. When you lay off, you'd be surprised how much that, that kind of dwindles. So it's going to be the same thing with them is you got the chops, you got the repertoire issue. Now, at least them right now, I'm not as worried about putting together the special pieces, right? They're going to play congregationally at least for a little bit until we can, we kind of do prelude, we yeah. Do prelude or postlude. Well, we do some of those things. Offer offertories. We'll, we will get to that mm-hmm. to start with. We're just going to focus on the congregational stuff. The people are singing, so you know you mess up. Not that big of a deal because mm-hmm. people should be singing and all that stuff. Well, it, we need to talk about that because that's that's my choir. Right, the choir well, I have is sitting out in the seats. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. But but those are things that you can do that will help your folks. Um, if I come up with anything better as I get that rolling, we'll, I'll certainly be glad to pass that along in a future future podcast. But, you know, just think about those things. Your repertoire is big. Your chops, those are big major things that you've got to consider as you get them started. So don't don't neglect those as you get going. So let's talk a little add, bit. Oh. Well, to add to that, you, you've also got now – uh, churches were doing this beforehand, but now you got a lot of live streaming. So, what does that yeah. sound like? What you're doing in house? What does that sound like? How do you like them? Yeah, right. How do you get all that mixed correctly? Do you have uh, somebody running house sound and somebody running mix for you know? Because we're starting to kind of go that direction, and we don't have that is enough. Yeah, enough people because you don't want it to sound great. It sounds great in the house, and then you listen to the, the live stream, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible music. I don't want to go to that church, but it's not in reality. It's just mixed. You know, it, it's a different mix. Yeah, actually, I hadn't even considered that. How in the world am I going to mic an orchestra? <laughs> Sorry, thanks for that, man. Uh, you, yeah, <laughs> you you got a good church budget, right? 
<laughs> well, you know what? We do. We do. You can, you can get a fairly simple mix going on by with some area mics and things and, and hitting your, um, uh, your main, you know, main, your brass or whatever you're yeah. going to have hitting your main stuff more direct. But Well, I will tell you, I'm pleased. I've got about 10 that are ready to go. And, and I don't have like five of them aren't trumpets. I've got one trumpet. Okay. You know, I don't have five tenor saxes, you know, right. But that's what I'm saying is I don't have five trumpets and four flutes, you know, (laughs) it's, I know, I know you don't have a flugelhorn and I know you don't have a French horn. Do you have a French horn? I do have a French horn. Yeah. No, Sam doesn't play French horn, but I do have a guy. I do have a guy that plays French horn. Okay. So I, I actually do have a French horn. I got clarinet, trumpet. I think I do have two alto sax, uh, percussion. Uh, we got a set of timpani. Um, okay, strings? No, I don't have strings. Yeah. You know, that is a shortcoming of this area, though. The The schools don't largely have string departments mm. um, or string opportunities, not departments. You know what I mean? Right. There, there are bands, orchestras, those kinds of things, but there's nothing really as far as um, it's well, symphonic. If you th- if you th- if you think about it, what I think what has this is just a top, thought off the top of my head. What has taken over is marching band. Yeah. So you got all your marching band people that can transfer to orchestra in your churches, yeah. and obviously there's no strings in marching bands. So. Yeah. But I got. Cool, I'm trying to think, man. Clarinet. I got a good mix of instruments. I'm very you got pleased. Piccolo. <laughs> um. Actually, yes. That's I a do marching have, band. I do have a girl that plays piccolo. That's marching band. Um. But. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I look forward to getting yeah. that started. But anyway, snow strings, though, that we've, we've actually talked a lot about that. I'm going to see what I can do to get with some of these um, local band folks and see Working if we can schools. develop something. You know, maybe we can work together and develop something. Um, I, I would bet love Jill to could s- do it. Oh, of course she can. I bet she can of play about she anything. Can. <laughs> she can. She can. I mean, that you know, that is the beauty of her degree is she's certified for everything. Band, chorus, orchestra. So, you know, I, whatever, I would love to develop that to get that going in this area and work with the schools to do it. I don't know if we can or not, but we're going to try what we're going to do everything we can to get there and to yeah. make it happen. So, get get us some cellos and some violins Cello. and love it. violas, all that good stuff. Double bass, need a double bass. Mm. But anyway, so let's get into a little bit congregational singing. Um, now that. Uh, at least here, now that mask mandates are easing up, uh, if you've been vaccinated especially. I don't know what it's like down there, but your congregation, <laughs> yeah, you, do. you guys have more masks ever. <laughs> we, I know. Well, I mean, we were faster probably than the rest of a lot of the country. Everybody, yes. But I, ha- I have been told there's a lot of, like even some of the more lockdown states like California and New York, a lot of them are even doing away yeah. with their mask orders now. In North so. Carolina, we especially in this area, we were pretty tight with masks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But now that with vaccinations, you know, you'll run, you've seen it on the doors. You know, if you've been vaccinated, you're free. Mm-hmm. But we encourage you, if you've not been vaccinated, can you wear masks? It, all that to say, people are starting really to sing out again. Mm-hmm. Um, congregationally, they're not wearing masks in worship. They're They're able to sing and they're able to, you know, to, to kind of get back to some sort of normalcy there. And so one of the things I would say, one of the biggest things I would say in regard to congregational singing is watch your selection 
at least mm-hmm. to kind of start with. If you're just getting back into church, sing some familiar songs. Sing things that they know. I'm not telling you not to teach new ones. But while they're getting used to singing, you need to sing some familiar stuff. Also mm-hmm. watch the range. I mean, we say that frequently anyway in regard to congregational singing. I probably push the envelope a little bit here um, with with the range that I that and I do. What, and what what do we mean by that? We're talking about the range that, like I'm a soloist, I can sing pretty high on the range, but most of the congregation cannot sing that high. So you respect right. that. You bring your keys down a bit, even though it may be a little low for me to sing, you know, in that sense, it's, it's, it may be good for your congregation because you want people singing out, right? Yeah. And for, for a lot of congregations coming back, if, if you are missing some folks or people haven't all the way came back yet, your sanctuary feels kind of empty. Yeah. You know, people may not be singing out enough. Maybe they're still wearing a mask or two and they're spread out. And you as a worship leader, you feel like, man, nobody's singing in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they may be, yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Just understand that and try to be patient with, you know, I, I agree that that the point about, and that's why I've kind of pulled some of my stuff back and started doing really super familiar songs, you know, uh, contemporary-wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had a, man, I had a I had a list of new songs that, I, that I'm waiting to chomp at the bit at to get to, but, you know, our church is starting to come back. For us, we just got a new senior pastor. He's been there two months. That's right. He was starting to come back and, and kind of with that along with coming back from COVID. So yep. we're just trying to walk through carefully, softly, you know. So, yeah, so watch, watch your range on your songs, especially as people are coming back, because mm-hmm. just like your choirs and everything else, or maybe your soloists and things like that, they've not been singing either, mm-hmm. largely. So, you know, just be aware that it's going to be hard for them to sing for long periods of time too. Now, one thing I will say particularly for us, our church has been back in, well, this week will be a year that mm-hmm. they've been back from COVID. They didn't take, as far as having people in the room, they only took about three months off here. Um, others I've heard, I was on a meeting last week, I think it was last week, it's all running together now, but mm-hmm. they have just gotten back. Yeah, That's a long time. It is a long time, and I, there's some churches around here that even that are. I have heard of a, a church or two that's still not back. You know, whatever you think about that, I'm not going to get into opinions right. about that. We did not stay gone. I don't even know how long it was, but it wasn't very long. Yeah. Um, that, and by that I mean the church was open and we were having a full service. We still respected uh, mm-hmm. distancing. We still oh, respected. Right masks we right. still did but people didn't feel comfortable i mean we were running 100 120 people there for a while yeah all spaced out across an 800 seat sanctuary yeah you know, so and now we're running you know more than that but. yeah but but just keep that in mind though you know no matter what your church did didn't do it, it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. one thing you do need to keep in mind is your people have not been singing like they were Mm-hmm. I mean, as church, I mean, dude, we sing. That's what we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we fellowship well, and, the goal. and we worship. So what's the goal? Yeah. What's the goal of, of congregational music is to sing as yeah. a body, not yep. for me to get up and perform solos and everybody yeah. watch me. Yeah. Um, there's too much of that 
that, you know, we yeah. talked about that before. It was too yeah. much of that kind of thing. We want people to sing. Yep. So do stuff they can sing, yeah. you know? And so, you know, if you've been back in for a while and your folks have been singing, do you want to yeah. do some new stuff? Do you want to stretch them a little bit? Go for it. Don't have a problem with that. But if you're just getting started, you just need to know they've not been singing. Guess what I was asked for yesterday? Uh, not yesterday? Days of Elijah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. From a 30-year-old, 29-year-old. That's funny. She was like, well, yeah, I haven't heard that song in so long. Let's do Lays of Elijah. And I had to think for a second. I mean, we wore that out back in the day. <laughs> but I looked it up. It's 1996. <laughs> Man, that's older than I am. Yeah. That and yes, that and uh, I'm trading my sorrows. You know, we oh, can yeah. fit that yes, one in Lord, there. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, there's your 7-Eleven song right there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I know you love that term. <laughs> Well, I, so I'm going to say it. Yeah. The seven 11, if you're not familiar with that, some, someone will say, well, it's seven words, 11 times over and over again, yeah. that kind of thing. And I, I'm, 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 I take the biblical view of that. If it's, if it's going to be sung over and over again, it better be good because holy, holy, holy is going to be sung over and over again. I mean, yeah. Heaven. You're going to sing the same three words. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that that'll be it, but I mean, you know, you're going to sing holy, holy, holy. holy. I, I mean, it's, and there's enough hymns that are Seven Eleven songs oh, too. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. it's just a, it's just a thing people yep. say. Yeah. But anyway, you know, just be prepared for that because they've not yeah. been singing. Yeah. You might have to reach back a little bit, get some things that they're familiar with that are easier to sing. You know, when you were up here, we sang "There's a King." You probably don't want to break that one out if you're just getting started. Mm. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that 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 actually hits up F and G up in there. So, but something about that. So. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I'm at with, with things. If our goal is to get people to sing. So I'll tell you about that song. We sung that song and the one Jill sang at the end, end of the service there. Yeah. I sang those two songs like all weekend into the next week in my head. Oh, I thought about them at night and, and, and honestly, I'm getting excited. I hit my mic. <laughs> well, you know, uh, your wife has a beautiful voice and I love to hear her sing. And that song she sang, it just, that's what you want. That's what you want people doing. When they leave the church house, you want them singing the songs during the week. You know, it comes to their head and that kind of thing. So that's a good point there. <laughs> no, sorry, I got excited. You get all worked up, man, over yeah. a couple songs. Yeah. I, I just like that. I like, I, of course, I love music, and, and you want your people to love music as well. So yeah. if you treat them well and treat the music well, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Because we're singing, we're singing about a king. That's right. You know? So just a few things for you to keep in mind as you're kind of getting rolling back from COVID, uh, whether you're a senior pastor, whether you're like us, worship pastor, whether you're a choir member or a praise team member, mm -hmm. whatever you are listening to this, you know, just know that these are things that are, that, that we're having to deal with as we, as now things were really starting to get rolling. So I, I would encourage you, um, one of the things, and I don't do this well enough myself, meet with some other folks. Find yeah. some other worship leaders in your in your town that are nearby. Um, go meet with the cows out in the field if you don't have other people nearby. Uh, but, but I never realized how important that was until, because as, as pastors, period, but worship pastors, we can get in a bubble. Yeah. We can get in a bubble of what people expect of us because we want to, please our congregation. We want to try to do music they want to do, yeah. but we, we forget that we're leaders sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes like Moses, 
we have to take people sometimes where they don't want to go. So we got to figure out the best way to do that and the nicest way to do that. I just want to go back to Egypt, meet my garlic. Yeah. I mean, Moses was so mad he <laughs> took God's word and broke it. You know, so we yeah. can't do that. That was a bad example. But, yeah. you know, we, we need to lead people. So don't forget, think out of the box sometimes. You, you may have to work with your the rest of your leadership and communicate well that, hey, we're we're going to do things a little differently yeah. for the next few months because we're just coming back. Well, sometimes it helps you to get around other worship leaders, other yeah. other similar positioned folks, just so that you can just just glean some ideas, right? I mean, sometimes together. Oh yeah, well, some of that too, <laughs> but but I mean, sometimes it helps to have that external ear to yeah. bounce things off of, right? Because we get stuck in our context, and it's hard for us to get out of that. Mm. And having somebody else say, well, you know, re- you might want to rethink X, Y, Z, you know, whatever. But just get outside of your head, get outside of your context, and listen to some other ideas. Just just hear what's out there and get, you know, yeah. things are changing. COVID mm-hmm. has changed us, better or for worse. Um, you're going to do things differently. It's not going to go back the way it was. It will some, but it will not look the same ever again. I'm I'm very convinced of that. You're going to do things differently. And so be prepared for that. Talk with other folks. Bounce ideas off of one another. Come up with what works. And, of course, you know, always reach out to us. I'll help however I can. Yeah, shoot you. If you're you're a fan of church history, any at all, you'll see it's always changing. Yep. It's it's the ones who don't change that start to decay yep. and start to rock backwards and, and lean on more of self instead of yep. God. God is always moving around us and changing things around us to and the goal is obviously Great Commission, getting people saved and making disciples of Christ. The message but, doesn't change, the method does. Right. The method changes all the time. Well, for the church, it changed big time and it was dropped dropped in our lap so you know help i like you know i like what you said about getting with others um just to make sure that you're not too insane in your own head you know <laughs> kind of thinking about you know there, the, yeah. a lot of stuff can go on in a pastor's mind many yeah. times or a leader's mind making sure that you fleshed all that out with other qualified leaders you know yeah and certainly you know there are folks in your church that you're going to need to you're going to need to talk about these things with, with changes too, because, you know, I mean, there are times, yes, you're going to stand out on a limb by yourself, but, you know, especially if you're part of a leadership team, get with that team, mm-hmm. and make, make smart decisions, and for goodness sake, communicate those decisions. Yeah. Don't just think people are going to understand what you're doing, why you're doing, and be all in, because that's how every every conflict gets started, right? So. Well, First Thessalonians 5, 12 and, 12 and following. So... Go read it. Peace. Read the whole Bible. Peace, is, peace and patience, and it, it's good. Read the whole Bible because, you know, as Ecclesiastes <laughs> tells us, there's nothing new the whole Bible the for next podcast. Yes, yes, <laughs> do it. I did do it 90 days one time, and, man, it was brutal. Oh, <laughs> I did the 90-day plan. So don't miss a day. <laughs> Whatever you it. do, don't miss a day. I think I did it for a class in Bible college. I think it was evangelism class. I think that was one of our – one of our professors had us, and he had the whole Bible plan out for the, the semester. It was literally three months, and we had to read the whole Bible. Yeah. And that's all I was doing. Yeah. Night and day. 
night and day. I was reading all the time. Well, I had time to do anything else. And, and that kind of that kind of pace, I think I was mm. reading somewhere in the neighborhood of forty five minutes to an hour a day to get it done. Mm. So don't tell me you can't read the Bible in a year because it only takes about 10, 12 minutes a day. We make time for the things that we want to make time for. Yeah, the things that matter to us we'll make time yeah. for. So close your Facebook account. Just delete it. <laughs> and start reading your Bible instead. Blah. 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 Close Instagram. Stop watching cat videos. Cat, cat videos. <laughs> That's all I do. Turn, turn the TikToks off and That's turn right. all the YouTubes off. That's right. And, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Sunday, man. We've talked about yep. all these ideas for singing everything and getting going. So um, I'm going to start this week. I'm just going to take it and go. So we'll start with uh, my traditional, I mean, my contemporary service this, this week. Um, we are really stripped down. It's piano, bass, and vocals this week. Yeah. So yes and amen. All my hope. That's right up my alley, man. I'm playing piano this week. That's David right Crowder? up my alley. Yeah, Crowder. Oh. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. And we're going to throw a little near to the heart of God on the end of that. Um, just a little chorus of near to the heart of God. It, it'll work. I, I promise you. Over him, work. yeah. 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 Close out service with in Christ alone. And then we're tagging that with Lord, I need you. Just the chorus of Lord, I need you. So that's my traditional service. So different feel than what I would normally do. Uh, on a general week, but I got just got a lot of folks traveling this weekend. Mm. Uh, traditional service, we got How Firm a Foundation. Uh, choir will sing. We got a little praise medley we're going to sing together. Surely, goodness and mercy. Uh, we'll, we'll follow that up immediately with We'll Have Thine Own Way, Lord. And All the Way My Savior Leads Me, we'll close out the service with uh, I'm bringing near to the heart of God over to that service. And we'll use that oh. as our kind of closing invitation type song. So. That's what I got this week, man. What uh, what you got going? Um, I'm kind of like you. I'm down some some band players. I, I have a guitar player. I have a keyboard player. And an electric guitar player. <laughs> so mix that wow. together. So we, we are going to Swells on guitar, right? Yeah, a lot of swells, swells on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to... We, we've got the ability to do Ableton tracks. So I'm going to fit yeah. in some tracks, even though it's a little awkward sometimes. Um, I'm going free, so we're doing jailbreak okay. uh, to start our service. Still have not done that. It's a, it's a, it's very, very wordy. You, you need to work with your praise team on it because it's uh, super wordy, but yeah. it's a fun song to sing. Yeah. Uh, Everlasting God, so I'm way back, wow. 2005. Um, you never let go. Two thousand six. <laughs> okay. Another in the fire. So t- okay. two thousand twenty, and then um, what we're starting to do now is we have a, a challenge and an altar call type of thing, but we close our service with like one of the more fast songs that we did. Okay. So I'm closing it with Everlasting God. Okay. So so you're coming kinda, back, kind of sending them out on a high note. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and I, I always, uh, as a young person. When I got saved, I was at a church that did that, and I always appreciated that, man, because you go out the door singing. So are you, good. after your after your sermon, you, you issue your invitation. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, do, what do you do there? Do you do a, a slower song, or or do you do that and then roll right into, you know, hey, we got VBS this week, let's sing the song as we go. <laughs> well, and I, and I had to explain this to, of, of a couple folks because they were like, Oh, Oh my goodness. We're not, we're not doing a, a an invitation anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, listen, he, here's how we do it. And our, our pastor is 
phenomenal at giving the gospel at the end. I mean, literally, he has a method with his cell phone that he'll show out that I could probably do on podcast one time, but it, it explains the gospel and how his, our cell phone represents sin, and this is God, and this is me, and our sin separates us. Mm-hmm. But he does it the exact same way every single service, and it's a method of getting people to understand the gospel and, and hear it mm-hmm. so we can go out and evangelize with it. And so he gives a gospel and he makes a call. But what we've decided is instead of making people come to the altar and you have two choruses and a verse to get saved or to pray, um, he's going to stand to the side. And if someone Uh comes up, he'll take them to the prayer room or a deacon will or somebody else or me if I need to leave. And, you know, that way it's not an awkward moment for them and they get the time that Mm -hmm. they deserve to have time with the pastor and talk about those things. So, what what I and I'll turn around. What I'll do with the congregation is just lead off with the closing song. Okay. At the end of the last held note, you are dismissed. Have a great Sunday. Okay. So and you then don't. They, and my do, band will keep playing. So you don't have a response song necessarily. You just you close on the song where everybody goes out. Yeah, it, the, not the. <laughs> I'm not being critical. I'm just asking. No, 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 no. I it it, it and I had to, I've had to explain it a couple times because people are so used to <laughs> yeah. The what I would say is is, is I, I never liked this because I, I was one who came to the altar and got saved in the mm-hmm. church service. Mm-hmm. And I never liked that standing there like everybody's trying to get out of there. Yeah. You know, so yeah. We opt to 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 do it that way. But there is an altar call and and please come meet our pastor yeah. right here. So we do something it, it's kind of similar, but what we'll do is we will do a slower song. At the we end don't of the message. sing it, but my pianist or my yeah. keyboardist will play well, all we, the time. We will behind. do that. It's almost like, you know, your typical progression when you start your service. You start out fast, mm-hmm. right before the message. You yep. know, you've you've backed it down to you know something nice and worshipful, and we kind of reverse that at the end. So that's one of the things that I've started doing is after the message, we'll we'll have a we'll have a response song. Now you mm-hmm. can come forward, you can meet with the pastor, you can come pray, you can meet with the pastor. Mm-hmm. But we'll have that response song, and we'll we'll kind of start to ramp it up as we go. Yeah. So that they same thing. They go out on a high note. They yeah. go out singing. Um, we we mix it up though. We don't do it the same way every week. Um, oh well, and we've adjusted a little bit. And I think I, I have a Bible study I do on Zoom on Thursday nights, and and I took a twenty minute. And this is how serious I, mean, I had to explain it to yeah. some people because they're oh, like, sure. we just. We're used to this where the pastor stands up there and You're not begs, it, begs us to yeah, begs yeah. us to come to the altar. Yeah. The the call is made, and I believe yeah. every single service should have a call of salvation to be made. Yeah. Um, but I did a, about a 20, 20 minute study on where um invitations come from anyway. Yeah. Like where in church history did oh, these things start? Yeah. And you'd be surprised. Yeah. So but it's it's a good thing. We always make the call to salvation, but we want people to have an opportunity to not feel pressured, go spend time with the pastor in the prayer room and he can lead you to salvation, you know? Yeah, and, well, that was, or he can pray with you or that, do whatever. That was one thing in my previous church we had moved to as well. Mm-hmm. We, we had a response song. We had a song that we sang in response to what we just heard. Yep. And most everybody stands around and waits while the other person prays it, at the altar. And, well, we'll see, but we didn't do that. What we did was very similar to what you're doing. We actually, yeah. if, if somebody came forward, we'd take them out. We take them back to we had a um, we had an area that we were taken to. I can't remember what we called it now. We would take them to that area though, and that's where we would have time where we could actually counsel them. We could talk to them. Yep. We could kind of we could understand them without feeling like we had to yell over the music. Yeah. Right. 
or and I think I think too many times, and this is just a, a personal subjective pet peeve of mine. I think too many times we have rushed people in those times and they've made decisions they weren't fully understanding that they made because the drums are coming down and the chorus is ending. You know? Either that, either that, or you got a whole congregation of people staring at you by the time you uh, yeah, hit yeah, standing by the time around, you hit the sixth so verse of just as I am the second time. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I've asked people recently, do do you want people to come to know the Lord, to be discipled, to be counseled? Or do you want to do things just because the way we've always done it? And I know I'm a gruff, I'm a little bit more gruff with that, but it's, it's, you have to teach people. Well, I think them understanding what you're doing and why you've made that change Mm -hmm. is the key, right? Because we said just a little while ago, if you make the change, fine, but you've got to communicate it and you got to let people understand what you're doing because I feel like where you guys are moving it is good ultimately for people who are going to want to talk to the pastor and make right. those kinds of decisions. You know, the spirits moved in their heart during this message. They realize, hey, I really do need Jesus. So mm-hmm. let me go talk to the pastor. Great. Let's get out of here so that we can actually sit down and talk in here yeah. and have an appropriate conversation. Not say, oh, you want to accept Jesus? Okay, great. This song ends in one verse. Let's pray real fast. Right. And, and by the way, what up, was your yeah. name again? Right. You know? exactly. <laughs> hey, he got saved. Join church, be baptized all in one Sunday. Yep. So what I, and, and what I, and I tell you the difference is when you're sitting in the room with someone and let's say in the instance of receiving Christ as their savior in a room, looking them in the face and asking them if they want to receive Christ, there's, there's, there's a whole lot better environment and atmosphere mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm than to do it in a loud filled room with people behind you waiting to go to lunch, you know? So that, and of course, you know, there, there's mul- multiple ways to do that at the end sure. of service. This is just how we're choosing to do I'm it. I'm not, okay. I'm not knocking it. If you have people come forward and you talk with the pastor right there in the middle of everything, mm-hmm. fine, fine. Yep. Make it the best it can be though. Yeah. Make a way fine. You present them, but follow up with them. Right. Have a meeting with them, follow up with them, where you can have those conversations. Just this is a life or death thing that we're talking about, right? Exactly. This yeah. this piece, I don't care if you're traditional, if you're contemporary, if you never sing a song in worship, I don't care. Right. If you get that piece right there wrong, though, if you get the salvation piece wrong, right? It it matters. So my home church used to do it like this. They would not have. Um, we would communicate to the congregation, the pastor would who preached, and um, this was Triad Baptist Church out in Kernersville. Pastor Rob would be, he would preach the message, and he would say, look, you know, here's the salvation message, here's the gospel, and he would go through those things and say, I'm, I'm going to be over here in this prayer room. Mm-hmm. You want to pray to receive Christ, you come right now with me. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the service would go on. And I thought that was an effective way to do it too, because yeah. it gets a one-on-one conversation. Now, and and they knew this is not a time for visitors to come by and pat the pastor on the back. Right. This is a special time for yeah. deacons, leaders, pastors, whoever. Yeah. You know? Well, there's certainly a lot of different ways to do it, but I will encourage you. I mean, you need to hmm. put some thought into that process. Uh, you, was it Charles Finley, 1700s? Charles Finley, 1700s. He would call people out. Danny yeah. Pointer, you know you're being led by the Spirit to get saved this yeah. morning. He would call people out in the service. Yeah, it was all as the the 
the revivalistic kind of meetings yeah. were happening where all that really started. Um, you didn't have those same kind of, I mean, look, Jesus just said, Hey, follow yep. me. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Our current modern form <laughs> comes from a more of a charismatic, uh, camp tent, tent revival. Yeah. It's a revivalistic like Charles Finney. Um, right. Charles Finney. Um, yeah. There were a couple of other guys. There's that, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. They're on my, on my tongue so, right now, but I but can't here's the up. difference in theology though. So what they were doing, they're, they're, particular theology said that you could lose your salvation so you could be saved multiple weeks yeah and they would have these big movements of of god and and people were really coming to get saved again every week now of mm-hmm. course baptist theology we understand scripture to be you know um you know god holding that we're not doing perseverance god is doing yeah, yeah. perseverance of the saints so we're borrowing from in that form we're borrowing mm-hmm. from uh, another yeah. denomination theology wise but Again, <laughs> not that you needed to know that. Again, well, we could talk about church history and all that mess right. day. I, I mean, love it. We talk about I all the places it. where we've gotten it wrong too. But yeah, for real. But that's just one of those things. I just encourage you put some deep thought into that because it matters. Mm-hmm. That matters yes. more than maybe anything else we do. Right? I mean, we we want people to come to know Jesus. That's the yeah. ultimate goal of what we're trying to do as we worship. Right? We want our worship to be so sweet. We want the sermon to be so. Uh, so impactful, and I don't mean that in an emotional kind of way, but I mean it in a present the gospel, let the gospel work in their hearts kind of way. That's the impact that we're after, not the emotional impact. Same yeah. with our, our um, singing. We're not after the emotional impact. We're after the, the impact of the gospel on their heart. So we want people to come and we want them to hear it, and that's where we need to make sure that we're providing the right environment for people to have those conversations when their heart is sensitive, when the spirit's been working on them. So put a lot of thought into that as you do that. Certainly rabbit. I did not mean to chase here at the end. I just, as you were talking about that, I thought, well, let's, let's, let's actually, I want to ask the question. So, but I appreciate you, appreciate you explaining all that. But, um, we, these are things we can talk about as we go forward. But Mm -hmm. as always, uh, you know, if you have uh, questions, if you have, um, ideas for things that you you would like for us to talk about, shoot us an email, info at thecomplaintdesk.com, always thecomplaintdesk.com. Check it out there. Podcast is, is all there as well. Let us know. Let us know how we can help you. Uh, we, are, we are praying for you as you lead this week, whether you're singing in a choir, whether you're leading the choir, whether you're leading the entire room in worship, whatever you're doing this week, praying for your brother, praying for you. Thanks. Um, hope Hope things go well with your really old music this week. Uh, (laughs) I'm told that it's not. I'm told that it's too new. (laughs) I'm just playing, man. I'm just playing. Tell you what, you should switch up one Sunday and do your contemporary music in your traditional service and see what they say to you. Well, I tell you what they say to you. Where? Let me help you get some boxes and pack your office. Yeah, let me help you get some boxes, son. Oh man! Well, nah, for real. Praying for you. Praying all goes yeah, well. Appreciate it. Um, Have know, a good on vacation, man. Try to get away for a few days. Eat some good Italian food, man. Go see the. Go visit some family for a little bit. Just. Just not get up and feel like I've got to be downstairs in the gym at six o'clock. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining me today. All of you, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week, and uh, we look forward to talking with you next time. Y'all take it easy.